This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, January 23rd, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. It has never been a better time than now for the president to decide to deliver the State of the Union address by mail or possibly Twitter. Gene Healy is a vice president at the Cato Institute. He discusses why Nancy Pelosi gave the president a good opportunity to mail it in. So am I to understand correctly that Nancy Pelosi canceled the State of the Union address or delayed it? She hasn't canceled it, but last week she sent uh, President Trump a letter calling on him to consider delivering his State of the Union address in writing to Congress. Uh, She cited... The shutdown and security concerns due to the fact that the Secret Service uh, hasn't been funded during, fully funded during the shutdown. But that all seems to be bogus, uh, a pretext. Uh, the DHS has said they're ready for it, but she's called on him to delay it or consider delivering it in writing. All right. So what was the general reaction from uh, the president's friends in the House and Senate? Well, uh, they kind of went apoplectic. Uh, Minority leader Kevin McCarthy called it unbecoming of the speaker in the Washington Post. The former George W. Bush speechwriter Mark Thiessen said it was unprecedented and outrageous and accused Pelosi of the kind of norm-shattering behavior that uh, Trump always gets blamed for. So they weren't happy with it at all, although – Whatever her reasons for doing it, even if she is just playing politics as it seems like she is, uh, it's a good idea. The State of the Union in general is just a series of extended applause lines for uh, whoever the president is. It gives partisans an opportunity to either scoff a bit or cheer. It creates a lot of sound bites for the next day, but there doesn't there's no substance to it 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 could very well be delivered by hand <laughs> yeah it would give us all a break if it was uh the constitution the original idea is in article 2 section 3 requires the president to from time to time give the congress information of the state of the union and recommend to their consideration uh, such measures as he thinks are necessary and expedient so the emphasis was on information. It doesn't say that uh, he's got to give it in in person. It doesn't say, doesn't, despite what you might think from watching them, mandate that uh, he has to actually say the state of our union is strong. And it definitely doesn't command this imperial spectacle uh, that the modern state of the union has become where the president goes on at Fidel Castro-like length and making ever more exorbitant demands for uh, new spending and new action. And in fact, uh, as Pelosi points out in the letter, uh, this is a a return to sending the message in writing. It would really be a return to the historical norm. Uh, We've had 220-some State of the Union addresses in American history, and fewer than half of them uh, have been delivered in person before Congress assembled. Uh, In a way, it would be You know, you never uh, confuse uh, Nancy Pelosi with Thomas Jefferson, but what she's proposed here would actually be a return to the old Jeffersonian tradition of mailing it in. TV networks probably like the State of the Union because lots of people watch it. Fewer than than before. I mean, I don't know how the Nielsen's compare to, uh, 
The Nielsen's have generally been declining over time. I don't know how they compare to whatever Tuesday night primetime is these days. But yes, uh, you know, I think a lot of people tune in because they're curious about what this president is going to do. However, uh, you know, I think uh, Thomas Jefferson had a point when he uh, overthrew the original practice uh, in the Washington and Adams presidencies uh, of delivering it in person before Congress. He, in 1801, proposed switching to just having it uh, hand-delivered over so that it could be read by a clerk if uh, the House and Senate wanted that. He said in the letter proposing this arrangement that it was a time-saving measure for the convenience of the legislature, but the real reason was that he thought that the original practice by Washington and Adams of going before a joint session of Congress was, quote, too kingly for the new republic. It tended to familiarize the public with monarchical ideas, and Jefferson compared it to the British monarch's speech from the throne. And in his view, it was more republican in the small r sense uh, to simply uh, have it written out and delivered there so that the legislature could decide on their own how, how to handle it. And in fact, that was the way it was done throughout the, the 19th century and well into the 20th century from Jefferson's first annual message until uh, William Howard Taft's last, this Jeffersonian tradition was the norm. So when did this become a pep rally? Well, it, it took a little bit of time, but one of the pivotal figures, you know, if you're, you can trace a lot of what's really awful about the modern presidency to the worst of our presidents, Woodrow Wilson. And he was the real norm buster here. Uh, he wanted to, the president to be a dynamic, popular leader, uh, to dominate and overawe Congress in the way that Jefferson feared. And so in 1913, he went back to the the speech from the throne. Uh, he actually commented privately that he, he bet Teddy Roosevelt had wished that he had thought of doing it this way. It was a way for the president to use the bully pulpit and to uh, speak directly to the nation, to go over the heads of Congress. And it took some time for that new Wilsonian norm to stick. Uh, you know, Calvin Coolidge uh, delivers the first uh, State of the Union address over radio, but after that, he might have thought better of it because uh, the remainder of his addresses were delivered in writing in the Jeffersonian style. And it's not really till after FDR that uh, delivering it in person becomes the dominant norm. Uh, Harry Truman's the first president to, to give a televised State of the Union uh, after him, it was usually in midday, and it's Lyndon Johnson who moves it from mid-afternoon to the peak viewing hours in 1965. And from there, it uh, became the modern primetime ordeal that we put up with every year. So, I mean, I think it would be a great idea if uh, Nancy Pelosi just canceled the whole thing and said, hey, do it from your office or do it via text or... Via Twitter. <laughs> via, via Twitter. That would be uh, very much in uh, keeping with uh, this president's preferences. But uh, what are the political consequences of saying, no, just just mail it in. This is my house and you don't get to give your speech here? Well, it would probably be dramatic and it generates some controversy, but that's no reason not to do it. You know, the uh, we've gotten 
far away from the original idea and the constitutional mandate for the State of the Union, which, like I said, was the emphasis was on information. The original idea was that you had a a part-time Congress that wasn't in session continuously and a full-time president. And the president was going to be in a position to uh, gather information and better inform the Congress about on how to improve the laws that he was supposed to faithfully execute it. Now it's uh, low on information, heavy on uh, emotion and demands for immediate action. There's a an average of 42 demands for action uh, per speech since uh, 1965. It's also gotten a lot dumber uh, going from a, about a 12th grade reading level in the mid-60s to about an 8th grade uh, standard now and uh, probably going to get dumber still. And actually, if, uh, if Pelosi were to refuse, if the invitation, the formal invitation was not to go out, if they weren't to set aside time for it, Trump being Trump, he'd, he'd, I'm sure he'd escalate. He already responded to the first request by uh, canceling her military Pelosi's military transport for a trip to Afghanistan. But he should, uh, if she sticks to her guns, he should really think about taking her up on her offer. Uh, for one thing, it might actually be in his interest to agree to this. Uh, the, even though the the State of the Union is this big spectacle with all the pomp and circumstance uh, and draws a lot of attention. It turns out it doesn't really do the president very much good. A few years ago, Gallup uh, took a look and found that most presidents actually experience a, an average decrease in their approval ratings immediately after the State of the Union goes down by an average of uh, about one point. And right now, uh, President Trump doesn't have a lot of points he can afford to lose in his approval rating. And, you know, another thing is uh, not all norm busting or norm shattering is bad. We kind of owe President Trump a vote of thanks for driving a stake through the heart of the White House Correspondents' Dinner, you know, this uh, Hollywood for the ugly uh, nerd prom uh, the, for, the, for the D.C. press corps. He could do us another favor by uh, canceling the annual traditional televised delivery of the, of the State of the Union. And, you know, as we, we suggested a minute ago, uh, he could even do it. You know, he, he's defended his use of social media as modern day presidential. Well, he could do it modern day presidential style. He doesn't have to have it messengered over like Jefferson did. He can sit on the couch and uh, put a modern-day presidential spin on it by tweeting it out. You know, my fellow Americans, thread. Gene Healy is a vice president at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 